Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. LiquidChurch.com, living water for a thirsty world. new, I do want to give you a special uh, welcome. I uh, usually do the teaching here. I'm the lead pastor of Liquid Church, and uh, we are in the middle of a series right now called One Prayer. And actually, this is the concluding, the finale of this series, One Prayer. But this is a series that we are doing with about 1,800 other churches across uh, the country, around the world, actually, in which for the month of June, we are coming together to pray, to fast together, to do all sorts of things. And really, um, it's exciting because we had a chance myself and some of our leadership team, we went out to Oklahoma last week and uh, we were, it was a great time visiting with the, uh, the leadership team of LifeChurch.tv and Oklahoma, has anyone been to Oklahoma? Okay, yeah, oh, all right, little cow tippers, woo, okay, very flat, very hot, like crazy hot, burning skin kind of hot, um, but we had a great time because these are the guys who are behind really the vision for One Prayer of bringing churches, regardless of denomination or background, really together and, and celebrating what it means to, and, and challenging us to live in a new way um, this summer. So. Uh, without further ado, what we did is we met with that team, and Craig Rochelle is the lead pastor of Life Church TV, and as I said, it was great to be out there with them. And, um, and, and what we're going to do is we're going to close with what I think is, is a compelling, um, real a challenge. It's a bold prayer. It's a prayer of make us free, and, and this idea that um, this week is um, the 4th of July, and that's Independence Day. We celebrate our, our nation's freedom. But the reality is this. Not everybody who came in here tonight is free personally. That is, a lot of us are, are, are held hostage inside or, or feel kind of tangled up or maybe you are, you've been emotionally hurt or you've been wounded and you come in carrying that stuff and you, and you want to move on in your life but you find yourself held back. Freedom is an elusive thing and yet the Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. In other words, it's not so that you can limp along and carry your stuff with you and just be held back for the rest of your life. So what I'm going to invite you to do is take your Bible and open to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to look, ground ourselves in the Word of God there, verses 14 and 15. And I hope this touches you as much as it touches the people it did already today at our services. It's a bold prayer that we conclude with, and it is this. Father in heaven, make us free. So we met this guy um, at a Bible study of all places, and he started telling us what he was going through, and he, he was obviously having some hard times. And so we thought it'd be the right thing to do to, you know, try to help him out. And so we let him stay with us and thought that's the least we could do. Well, one thing led to another, and the next thing you know, this guy he needed money, you know. And so we gave him some, and then he needed more. And, and, and more, and after a while, we realized this guy, we thought he's, he's playing us, he's, he's, he's manipulating us. Um, some of the stories didn't make sense, and we realized that he was lying to us. So we asked him for some of the money back, and, and um, he didn't give us any back. And, um, you know, that, it, it was a lot of money. To us, and, and um, I mean, he just—he just—it just wasn't right. That's not the worst part. 
we found out later, that's what pushed me over the edge. This guy, I can't really say what he did because it, I just I can't say. But he did something to someone in my family that... Um, You're not supposed to hate, I know that. But it's very, very difficult for me not to hate this man. Let's just put it this way. If I ever run into this guy face to face, after he lied to us, took advantage of us, stole from us, and then did what he did, well, if I were see him for his sake, he should turn and run. Yeah, he's, he, he will. He will. He, he'll meet God one day, and then I, I just God will give him what he deserves. Bitterness. It not only will poison the people around you, but bitterness not dealt with according to Scripture will also poison you. And sadly, so many people are a hostage to bitterness. All of our locations today, if you have your Bibles with you, would you open them up to Hebrews chapter 12? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 is where we will start, and here's what Scripture says. The Bible says, Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy, because without holiness no one will see the Lord. Verse 15, if you can help me out in this verse, Scripture says, See to it that no one misses the grace of God, and that what? Say it aloud. And that no bitter root does what? That no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and to defile many. See to it that no bitter root grows up, consumes your heart, takes over, and produces a very poisonous fruit that would defile many people, because that's what bitterness does. See to it that no bitter root grows up in you. To lay a foundation for this message, I want to look at two biblical thoughts about bitterness. If you're taking notes, the first one is this. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Scripture is very, very clear. Verse 15 says, see to it that no bitter what? Say it aloud. See to it that no bitter root grows up in your heart to defile many people. See to it that no bitter root grows up. How does a bitter root start? Well, a bitter root grows in the soil of a hurt that hasn't been dealt with properly. A bitter root, it grows within the soil of a wounded heart, an injury, a hurt. Someone betrays you, and instead of handling it scripturally, you absorb the hurt, because that's what roots do. Roots absorb, and roots grow and roots store. That's what they do. As scripture says that love keeps no record of wrong. If, if someone hurts you and you love them, you forgive them. You, you let it go. You show grace. You show mercy. You show compassion. You show forgiveness. Love keeps no records of wrong, but bitterness keeps detailed records of wrong, doesn't it? 
so-and-so did this to me, and I remember it, and I play it over and over in my mind. I think, here's what I should have said, and if I ever see them again. And those bitter roots, they absorb the hurt, and they store it. And when these roots do that, these roots, they start to grow. Bitterness produces a dangerous root. Second thing, if you're taking notes, is this. Bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. Out of this dangerous root of bitterness, our life starts to exude hatred and anger and rage and, and stuff that just totally poisons relationships. In fact, I like the way the, the New Living Translation translates verse 15. It says this, Whenever the bitter root springs up, many are what? Would you say it aloud? Many people, they are corrupted by its what? By its poison. Whenever a bitter root grows up, Many people, including you, will be corrupted by its poison. Have you ever noticed this? You can be working at the office, and you can have one bitter person. And one bitter person at the office can totally change the climate of the office. Their their negativity and their bitterness can totally kill a very positive atmosphere. Same is true with families. You can take one bitter family member, and this one bitter family member can destroy the holidays. Or one bitter family member can totally disrupt the unity and love and harmony in a family. You can see it with with teenagers. You can take a group of great kids, just really good kids, and you drop in the middle of this great group of kids one bitter, angry, rebellious person. All of a sudden, the whole group starts to trend in a wrong direction. Bitterness, it produces a very, very poisonous fruit. Now, speaking of that video off the top, I acknowledge it's a little dramatic. But what I want you to do is I want you to see and and have a visual picture of what bitterness will do to you if it's not dealt with properly. Now, I just want to say, too, because I know there are kids all over the place that, you know, don't go home and say, hey, that was really cool. And Craig, like, poured gasoline on himself and lit himself on fire. That wasn't real gas. That was water on a very cold day in a basement. It was very cold. That wasn't real blood. It was actually vampire blood that we got from a store and put it on my hands. And that's not real poison. It's some kind of cinnamon chocolate drink that's so disgusting. It tastes like poison, okay? And so I just wanted you to know that. And just so you don't panic when you see me and think I'm into blowing myself up and stuff, I wanted to show you the outtakes from this little video. Okay, that's good. That's good? I don't know. Let's see. You want blood in that? It's only real. Yeah. Can you do it again? Ready? Ready? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that last one really hurt. It hit the camera right into the bottle and hit my tooth. The good news is I didn't go to the hospital like I did when I broke my ribs in one video and cut my head open in the other one. There were no serious injuries in that video. Praise be to God in heaven. Okay? I'm not bitter. So let's look for a minute at, at five qualities of bitter people because you might be someone who actually has a root of bitterness growing and you've never stopped to acknowledge it. So let's look at five qualities of bitter people and you might see yourself 
in, in this list. Uh, number one quality, if you're taking notes, is that bitter people, they tend to justify their bitterness, don't they? They tend to justify their bitterness. They think, okay, now, after what this person did to me, you know, the fact that I'm angry, well, I deserve to be angry. I have the right to be angry because after what they did, you know, I mean, you would only expect that I would feel like getting revenge or have hateful thoughts toward this person or, or not wish them well because after what they did to me, they deserve it. And many of us were bitter and we justify it because we were a victim. We think we have the right to be ticked off. Second quality of bitter people is that they tend to become overly critical. If you're bitter against someone, you will never look at that person objectively again. You'll pick them apart everything they do. You're bitter at some lady. She comes in like, who does she think she is coming here, showing her stuff like that, acting all better than everybody, carrying in her, her new purse, acting like all this kind of stuff, and just who does she think she is? We all see through her, Right? You're bitter at some guy, he comes in and does a good presentation, like, oh, Mr. Cocky coming. He, he may even try to be nice to you, and you're like, oh, yeah, sucking up, aren't you there, hot dog? Because you're bitter, and you become overly critical. We'll see that in marriages. Your spouse hurts you one time, and for the rest of your life, man, they can't do anything right. You're picking them apart because you're bitter. Third quality of bitter people is that they'll secretly celebrate the misfortunes of others. If I'm bitter at you and something bad happens, like, oh, yeah, well, that's just God, even in the score, you know. Scripture says you reap what you sow, baby, and you're reaping right now. You know, as, as kind of, you, you secretly celebrate their misfortune. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but you're driving down the road, and some jerk flies by at 80 miles an hour, you're, and you're like, oh, yeah, Mr. Important. And then, 10 miles later, they're pulled over by a cop, and you're like, uh-huh, 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 and you drive by, uh-huh, who's going to be there last now, uh-huh, because you secretly celebrate their misfortunes. Uh, a fourth quality uh, of bitter people is that they tend to write off entire groups of people. They'll be hurt by one person or two people, and so they will write off a whole group of people. I know some, some ladies who were hurt by a man or two, and understandably they were hurt, but all of a sudden, I hate all men. All, all men. Are bad. Guys will do that with women too. Some gal will cheat on a guy and they say, you can't trust women, can't trust a single woman. They'll all mess you around. Uh, people do that to me sometimes. I'll, I'll meet a person, they'll say, what, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. Oh, they, they've been hurt by a pastor before and so they lump them all together. Oh, all pastors are the same. P people do that with churches. Some, some one person from a church will hurt them. I hate that church. I hate that church. I hate that church. People will, they'll write off a whole political party in our country. Oh, all those Democrats, they just, how, all the Republicans, they're all, how could they call themselves Christians? People write off entire groups of people. And then number five, if you're taking notes of this, bitter people, they struggle to see bitterness in the mirror. They struggle to see bitterness in the mirror. Some of you right now, you're thinking, oh, man, if only old so-and-so was here, they really need to hear this. And someone's sitting right next to you going, I hope you hear this. <laughs> yeah. Because, because everyone else can see it, but often you don't recognize it. So in my personal prayer time, what I was really doing, is I was asking God to, to give you eyes to see. And he's shown me some, some roots of bitterness in my own life. 
And so I want to raise the question to help bring awareness. With whom or what are you bitter? Is there someone that could be, you might say, yeah, there's a deep root of bitterness. Or it might be there's just one that's beginning to grow, and God's going to point that out. It could be as small as someone that you work with that got a promotion that you deserve, and you know, they, you know everybody knows they're not very good, and you're like, I just can't stand this person. Or it could be more serious where you know, someone's been telling lies about you and spreading rumors, and you're, you're just, you're, you're bitter. It could be something more personal that maybe you're bitter at one or both of your parents. You know, your dad wasn't there for you like you knew he should have been, or he was abusive to you, or he wasn't good to your mom, or he, or he left you, or, or your mom uh, was violent at times, or she drank too much, or she played favorites in the family, or maybe you're, you're bitter at someone who took advantage of you, and, and you tried to help them, and they abused your generosity, or perhaps you let them have some money, and they, ne- they never paid you back, or maybe it was a long and trusted friend who just turned on you, for no reason. And you're bitter. Uh, I see in marriages a lot of times something that happened years ago, and sure, it was a horrible thing, but the, the, the wounded spouse just will not let it go. And this bitterness, it poisons the marriage, and it poisons the kids. You'll see this a lot in divorce, man. It just, you know, this has touched... Most of us at one level or another, divorce happens and usually, you know, both people are wrong at some level and yet it's so common to see the, the, the spouse just despise the ex, hate them. And, and what does it do? It's this fruit, this poison that seeps over into your kids and everybody around. I know a lot of people, they're, they're bitter at God. God I prayed, and I asked you to do this, and you didn't do it. Why? If you had only done what I wanted you to do, what you could have, you could have done it. A lot of people, they're bitter at themselves. How could I have been so stupid, so foolish, that, that one mistake, look how much it cost me. Then this is an area for me, because I, I tend to forgive people who hurt me rather quickly, because I'm, you know, I get a lot of that. But, but um, what's harder for me is when someone hurts someone that I love. Then, man, I get angry. You say something about my wife, I'm taking you down. You, know? you, you, you hurt one of my kids, and, and what I do is I take on the offense of someone else. And I become incredibly bitter, not because you hurt me, but because you hurt someone that I love. And this root of bitterness, it starts to grow. With whom or what are you bitter? I want you to acknowledge it. And, and don't, don't brush it away. But acknowledge it, because the longer you let this root grow, the more dangerous it becomes and the more difficult it is to kill. How? How do we kill the root of bitterness? How do we give God permission to do something that we can't do so that we stop the poison from spreading? Well, if you're taking notes, I'll give you a very simple sentence, but then we're going to unpack it because it's not such a simple thought. How do we kill the root of bitterness? We kill the root of bitterness with forgiveness. It's the only answer. It's with forgiveness. And yet, just when I say that, immediately I think to myself, there are some of you that have been wounded so deeply you don't even want to forgive yet. 
Let's unpack this, this, this a little bit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. Here's what God's Word says. Scripture says, to get rid of all what? Help me out. Get rid of all... Okay, all of our campuses, let's, let's all play together. You can do better than that. Get rid of all what? Get rid of all bitterness. Now, what does bitterness lead to? It also leads to rage. Get rid of that too. And get rid of anger and get rid of brawling and get rid of slander along with every other form of malice. Get rid of it all. Get rid of it all. There is no room for any of it, Scripture says. Be kind, verse 32, and compassionate to one another, doing what? Say it aloud. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Get, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Let it go. Remove it. Remove it all. Forgiving each other, just as you have been forgiven. How do you kill the root of bitterness? You, you kill it with forgiveness. Tell you a story to help illustrate. Uh, this is an old story about two monks in another country, and their tradition was that they were never to touch a woman, not a handshake, not a, not a, a hug. You, you just don't touch women. These two monks were on a journey, and they came up to a river, and it had been raining, and the river had flooded, and it was higher than normal. And on the side of the river at the bank, there was this woman in a beautiful wedding gown, and she was crying. And the monks approached and said, ma'am, what's going on? Can, can we help you? And she said, it's my wedding day, and I need to get across the river, but I'm afraid if I do, it'll ruin my handmade gown, and I don't know what to do. And the monks had a dilemma. We can't touch How can we help her? And finally, the first monk just thought, you know what? I think that God would bless this. He said, ma'am, could I help you across? And she said, would you? And he said, I absolutely would. And so he lifted her up in a very appropriate way, and he grabbed her in his arms and he carried her above the water and took her across to the other side and she just with tears of joy said I'm so grateful and she gave him a great big hug and she left and he waded back across the river and the second monk was there going how dare you how, how, how could you betray our tradition and touch a woman and he's like, I, I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And so the two, they journeyed on. And the next day, the second monk, he was still angry about it. How? I, I just don't know how you could have done that. And the following day, the second monk was still just distraught. He was beside himself. And finally, the first monk said, with all due respect, I set the woman down two days ago, and you're still carrying her in your heart. And there are so many people today still carrying what God wanted you to set down so long ago. Forgiveness. Just want to acknowledge as we're talking about this that um, I know that there is significant and deep hurt all over this place today. Um, give you an example. In my study throughout the years, every time I'd read something about sexual abuse, uh, the statistics would show that about one in four women alive today will be sexually abused. I mean, that just is staggering. I have four daughters, and the thought of any one of them being touched inappropriately, it would just, you know, and I know that, that many of you have been through that. The, the alarming thing is the stats are now saying it's more like one in three. And so as I think about all of you at, at all of our locations, and I, and I think about just the women, I could, I could go on and I could count. You know, I could say one, two, you. One, two, you. 
And we could go around the room, and that's what the odds would say. And so I just want to acknowledge that there, there are those of you that have been touched and abused and betrayed and abandoned and even worse things that, that, that I wouldn't even want to talk about. And in your mind right now, you're thinking, perhaps, I don't even want to forgive. I, I'm not even to the point of wanting to forgive. How could I want to? And then not only being the victim of abuse yourself, but maybe it was someone that you love, a child or a sister or a parent, and you're like, I, after what someone did to them, I don't want to forgive. How can I even get there? Well, for some of you, there will be a supernatural miracle, and it will almost be like a choice. And, and God will give you the ability to make a decision to forgive. And if that's you, more power to you. You, you just choose to forgive. For some of you, though, it will be more of a process. It may be that you just start doing some of the right things, what Scripture teaches, even though you don't feel it at all. You may just say, I know I'm supposed to pray for this person, and I don't even want to, so God, to help them, that's all I can do. That's all I can do. And you just start there, wherever it is. Your prayer may be just, God, change my heart and give me the desire to forgive because I don't want to. Not yet. It may, it may be a process. It was for me. The, uh, the opening video, it wasn't, that wasn't one true story. It was actually several stories combi combined into, into one story. But there was a man who did something to someone in my family that was, that was so horrific that, that for years I wanted this guy dead. And, and I mean, I'm very serious. And what he did, if I told you, it would be inappropriate because of obvious reasons. But it, it, was, it was horrific, horrific. And um, I hated him, hated him. And I was talking to a, a counselor, and, I said, and he said, Craig, what did this guy do? And I said, here's what he did. And he said, all right, you need to forgive him. Like, I can't. And I said, how can I forgive him? And he said, let me ask you this. How has God forgiven you? I'm like, oh, well, God's forgiven me of a lot. And he said, well, tell me, what's God forgiven you of? And, and I'm like, well, a bunch of things. He said, tell me. Okay? I've been a liar. I used to cheat in school. I've taken God's name in vain. I've had lustful thoughts. I've been mean. I've been violent. I've been angry. And I started, the list went on and on. I, and, and he said, okay, now let's compare the lists. What did this guy do against your family? This. What have you done against God? This. And he said, the way that you forgive is the way that Christ has forgiven you. Scripture says it. Ephesians 4.32. We are forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So someone hurts you. I acknowledge that and, and, and hurt with you. Maybe someone touched you inappropriately. If you do not forgive them, you will allow them to continue to touch you in a painful way. If you do not forgive them, you will allow them to continue to hurt you.
I, um, if, if I had the magic words to say, poof, you, you, here's your ability to forgive, I'd, I'd do it. Sadly, there are a lot of you today, you won't even take this seriously. And you will continue to drink the poison, and it's going to hurt the people around you, and it's going to destroy you. What do we need? Um, what I needed from this is I needed deep spiritual cleansing. I, I needed God to work in a deep way because my roots of bitterness, they had grown deep. And I justified it. And, and I didn't even recognize just how much it was affecting me and, and my relationships. Some of you today, you may just open your heart up to the deep spiritual cleansing of God. God, go, go, go deep. Do something in me that, it, that is beyond natural because I don't, I don't even want to forgive. Or if I want to forgive, I don't know how to give. God, do something supernatural in a way that only you can do it. And when you pray that way, all of a sudden the broken glass that you've been squeezing and hurting yourself, you just open up your hands and let God remove the broken pieces. And let Him be the one who empowers you to forgive. Now, why is this so important? Why is this absolutely necessary for us to be all that God wants us to be? Why is this so critical? Jesus told us why in Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15, and this is what he said. Jesus said, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And then look at what Jesus said. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not do what? He will not Forgive your sins. It, it is that serious. It's that important. With whom or what are you bitter? You've got a choice. You can keep on drinking the poison and hurting yourself and people all around, or you can put the poison away and go before God and say, God, would you bring healing? Would you, would you cleanse me in a deep way? Would you deal with this at the root level? because I'm not going to let this person continue to hurt me. I'm not going to let this wound continue to affect others. I want to be changed, healed, and cleansed in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Today, God, by your power, kill the root of bitterness. All of our locations, would you just pray, pray with me? Father, thank you for your healing words. And God, I ask that you would do miracles that are beyond anything that we could even understand. All of our locations today as you're praying, some of you right now, you're going to recognize a root of bitterness. For some of you, it's still small. It's just, it's just, it's, it's small, but it's absorbing, it's storing, and it's growing. Today, we're going to ask God to deal with it. Others of you, you'll recognize the roots. They've grown deep. There's a lot of anger and bitterness and hatred and unforgiveness. You, you may be bitter at yourself. You may be bitter towards God. You may be bitter towards someone who wronged you. You may be bitter towards someone that hurt a person that you really, really love. 
and you recognize it. There's a dangerous root, and it's producing a poisonous fruit, and you recognize it's unbiblical, it's wrong, and you may want to forgive, or you may not even know if you ever want to forgive, but today you want to say, God, deal with it. Deal with it. Give me by your power the strength, the willingness, the desire to forgive as I have been freely forgiven. All of our locations today, you recognize some bitterness and you want God to deal with it. Would you lift your hands right now? Just be real honest and lift up your hands. Oh, my gosh, there's just so many. There's so many. I just want to say, first of all, I just, I just feel for you, and um, I want to pray, pray with you. God, bring healing. God, help us, set us free from being a hostage to the sin of bitterness. God, I pray that you would deal with this at a root level. God, that you would go in deep and do a deep spiritual cleansing in our hearts. God, we just acknowledge that the root of bitterness is growing in the soil of hurt. And God, we pray that you would bring healing where we are wounded and hurt. God, I pray for those that could just make a choice today and say, I choose to forgive, and that you would give them that ability and that it would be dealt with once and for all. And God, I thank you for those people who will experience that. And God, for some who, who can't quite get there, I pray that that this would be the, the beginning or another, another step in the process of supernatural healing and, and, and forgiveness. God, may we get just a glimpse of how much you've forgiven us from. And God, may we extend to others that same type of unconditional mercy. God, help us to do what we can't do on our own. Help us to forgive as you have forgiven us. And God, I pray, I pray for those relationships that still could be restored. I pray for miracles, God. I pray for healing. I pray, God, that, that there be healing with fathers and with mothers and with spouses and with friends and with people who were friends but are now enemies. God, I pray that there would be healing all in the name and by the power of your son, Jesus. Amen.